Welcome to Flourish. I'm Diane Planadan, and you're in the right place if you're ready to create an inspired life. And we do so by working on our own personal development so we can be strong role models for those we love and mentor, and especially for our own personal well-being, because sometimes we have to parent ourselves, right? <laughs> I am loving this journey that we are all on together, and I'm loving the feedback, so thank you. And if you're feeling extra gracious today, hit that subscribe button. We are starting a new series, and it's fascinating because it's almost like the mystic world has now met science. Okay, this isn't a brand new book. It only came out a few years ago, but it's by Dr. Tara Swart and it's called The Source. Now, The Source is exactly what you think it is. It is your mind, your brain power, how powerful we all are. And Dr. Swart talks about this in detail. Not only the scientific neuroscience part of it, because this lady knows what she's talking about, but the spiritual part, the mind-body-spirit connection, the intuitive and the intuition. So let's not delay one more second. This book is a game changer. And as usual, I'm going to go into it in depth because books are treasures to be just digested and absorbed and imbibed and then they come to fruition this is what life is all about this is what makes living absolutely spectacular and you will feel more alive just as you do when you're physically working out or going for a walk in nature when you work out your mindset it feels so much better and remember, I don't read this book's word for word. I give you a nice summary because not everybody has the time or the inclination or the privilege of being able to sit down and absorb a good book. So here we go with the source. Chapter one, uh -huh, people, the law of attraction. Attract what you expect. Reflect what you desire. Become what you respect mirror what you admire. That's a quote from Unknown. And just to give you a little bit of background about this book, uh, there was a book written back, I think it was like around 1916, that <laughs> was by Charles Hanel, and it was called The Master Key System. Pardon me, 1919. And the reason I mention that is because that book <laughs> proceeds the secret that book proceeds think and grow rich which napoleon hill actually gave credit to that book as well and now we here are here we are a hundred years later almost and nothing's changed that's what i love about reading and that's why i love bringing this show to you every week and it's going to be on wednesdays from now on i was playing with a few different days of the week and it looks like wednesday is the best day for most of my listeners charles says some men seem to attract success power wealth attainment with very little conscious effort Others conquer with great difficulty. Still others fail altogether to reach their ambitions, desires, and ideals. Why is this so? The cause cannot be physical. Hence, 
Mind must be the creative force, must constitute the sole difference between men. It is mind which overcomes environment and every other obstacle. And just a little reminder, when people used to write books, they always wrote about men as in mankind. So it doesn't matter what gender you are. <laughs> this applies to you. And we're going to get a head start here, especially because it's already uh, beginning of November and the holidays are coming and people are going to get busy, 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 busy. So I'm going to give you some positive reinforcement vibes all the way to the end of the year so you can start your new year with an absolute bang. So let's get going. Life is not just happening to us. We are creating it with everything that we do. The law of attraction is at the heart of the source. In short, it describes the way we can create the relationships, situations, and material things that come into our lives as a direct consequence of the way we think. We manifest them by focusing on them, visualizing them, and directing our energy towards them with our actions. This is the idea that by choosing to focus your energy and attention towards something, it can be manifested in your life, right? So it was Abraham Lincoln that said, the best way to predict your future is to create it. And that's what manifesting the law of attraction is all about. Take the wheel, take control. Number one, setting your intention. When we set a goal from the intention point, what actually happens scientifically is that our intuition, our deepest emotions, and our rational thinking line up and work in harmony rather than conflict. It's almost impossible to reach our goals when we are out of kilter in these dimensions. Doesn't that make sense, right? And she talks about making an action board, a vision board, but that part of the story we're going to get to in a few later chapters. So I'm going to just skip forward a little bit. Attracting what you really want. Unlocking the full power of our brain, the source, that we begin to think and behave in ways that will help us realize our vision. What is key to remember is that our intention and focus are at the strongest when our goals align with our deepest life choices and values. When you're in alignment with your goals, right? When you're under constant stress, for example, your brain and body are flooded with stress hormone cortisol, which has a negative impact on white blood cells, the first line of defense in our immune systems. In contrast, when we are more balanced with our goals and behavior aligned with our deep self, we are primed for success. We are less likely to be sidetracked by anxiety or negativity, and stress hormone levels are likely to be lower, so we will be healthier and stronger. <laughs> so if you're not feeling well, maybe something's out of alignment, right? Mood regulating hormones and feel-good endorphins allow the source to flow more freely mind body spirit so what do you want to do what do you want to change in your life think of that set your intention pick one item just one and apply these next principles 
She gives you six principles, actually, that underpin the law of attraction and, in turn, see what modern neuroscience tells them about them. This is what I'm saying. It's the mystical and the spiritual and the science has come to fruition, and I love it. Principle number one, abundance. Who doesn't want more abundance, right? Abundance correlates with positive thinking and generosity, with the central belief that there is enough out there for everyone, and that by carving our niche and claiming our success, we will add to the realm of possibility. Like attracts like. Interestingly, losses have twice a powerful effect on our brains than the equivalent game, so we are more likely to go out of our way to avoid a potential loss than we are to try to gain a reward. That's our survival instincts, right? For example, she says, most people's appetite for risk reduces significantly when they are under chronic stress. Our mindset will adapt depending on the context. You swing from one side to the other, right? And that's where things are like, oh, I'm out of balance. My equanimity is suffering. She says, abundant thinking relies on a willingness to change our pattern of thinking and make space for the new. To let go of past beliefs and assumptions and to take on board new evidence and ideas. You have to be open to let go of what you were thinking before because if it's not working for you, if it's not serving you, maybe it's time to let go. Relearn, regroup, keep learning, retooling, (laughs) just the finessing of it all, right? She says, in life as in science, progress comes about more easily if we're willing to let go of past beliefs and embrace change. Striving for transformation in a personal sense requires unflinching honesty about our own thinking and a willingness to change our mind. Yeah, sometimes we think we know more than we do, right? Choosing abundance is going to give you unlimited power. Living with an abundant approach in contrast is underpinned by the belief that there is always potential for improvement. To the abundant mind, Challenge, learning, and difficulty are innately rewarding ends in themselves, as well as being the key to improvement and growth. This is where the power of unlocking the source lies. Choosing an abundant mindset is a commitment to fully engage with life, to be active rather than passive, and to firmly turn off our autopilot. The most common effect of facing difficulties is a strong desire to stay within our comfort zone, precisely when we need to broaden our options and patterns of behavior. Mm -hmm. And I love this next part. What is going on in our brains when we live with an abundant mindset? Teachers and child psychologists have long understood that praising positive behavior is a better way to improve discipline encourage hard work, and create positive habits than punishing bad behavior. This is not just for children, but it is a vital, and I mean vital, mindset to have if you're raising a child. Positive reinforcement will go a lot longer way 
um, sitting Johnny in the corner because he was a bad boy today. Maybe think about what he did right. Maybe think about what your employee did right. Sure, maybe they spilt the french fries all over the floor. But did they handle it? You can fill in the blank. You can decide what you're doing right and those that you mentor. A major aspect of abundance is positive thinking. This means focusing on positives rather than dwelling on negatives. Overwriting negative thoughts with positive affirmations. Cultivating trust and generosity towards others and believing that life is good and conducive to enabling you to thrive. Cultivating abundant thinking is something you need to commit to and consciously work at. Cultivating, that means you're working it. When you're cultivating something, you're nurturing it, you're growing it, you're paying attention to it. You're planting that seed, that idea, and every day as you cultivate the garden of your mind, it grows and it begins to flourish. I love that. Where lack thinking is deeply, deeply entrenched, <laughs> there will be multitudes of neurons and neural pathways where a cascade of worst case scenarios, if the thinking has become second nature. This is not something you're going to forget. You have to reframe, maybe a past failure. Reassessing our own failures and rebranding them as not yet is a good way to start rewriting our own story. The internal narrative of past struggles. When we decide to switch to abundant thinking, there's always a positive spin. Such is the stuff of success. It means we're able to maintain the resilience to stick with our goals rather than walking away at the first hurdle because you're worth it. And if you are a Netflix subscriber like I am, the Diana Nyad story just came out on Netflix and it's a brilliant, brilliant film. Ned Benning and Jodie Foster tell a story, Diana Nyad, who was an Olympian swimmer. And her dream was always to cross from Cuba to Florida. And she attempted it and attempted it and attempted it. And even attempted it one more time and everyone was ready to give up on her. Said it's, it's not gonna happen. But she was determined. And she kept going. She finally made it. Sorry, spoiler alert, but here's the caveat. She was 60 years old. When she was in her 20s and had all the strength and the power and the energy, that's when she quit. But one day, she woke up and she's like, wait a minute. Is this what life is all about? Is this retirement, you know? Is it good going to the grocery store and deciding what to eat every day? No. She set her mindset. She used this source of power that we all have. And with determination, grit, and the proper intention, she finally succeeded. She has some brilliant TED Talks as well. So I highly encourage you, if you're thinking you're too old, 
<laughs> to try anything new or to succeed. She's going to change your mind, as does this book. By choosing to look at the world through a filter of abundance and turning your back on lack thinking, you are well on your way to replacing self-doubt with self-belief and a new reality that you crave. Principle number two, manifestation. A strong intention coupled with sufficient action can make things happen. You can make things happen. Often things don't manifest because we don't have the confidence to ask, right? Think about your life and the last time that you truly worked towards something that was your heart's desire. What happened? Did you manifest it? Did it come true? The science of manifestation is quite interesting. If our desires and intention are truly aligned, we can begin to manifest the life we want by engaging all our senses in the imagining and visualization of it, saying it, hearing it, visualizing what it looks like, feels, smells, and tastes like. In this way, our dreams begin to feel tangible to our brain. In finding this focus and fully identifying in our mind, there are two physiological processes going on in the brain simultaneously that explain this powerful cocktail and my manifestation has real effects. These processes are selective attention, filtering, and value tagging. Mm-hmm. Let's explore that. So selective attention is the cognitive process in which the brain attends to a small number of sensory inputs while filtering out what is deemed unnecessary distraction. That's kind of like selective hearing too, if you think about it. And the level of selection happening is rather astonishing. Understanding and accepting that we're all blocking huge amounts of information and of course, very much choosing to focus on other information is crucial to the power of manifestation. It is a powerful reason to take charge of what you pay attention to and what you don't. You can manifest what you don't consciously notice. Hmm. Are you confident your brain is choosing well when it comes to what you should pay attention to and what you should ignore? An idea came to my mind when I was reading this about just when you are baking something and you're focusing on the recipe because those measurements need to be precise. Do you notice what's going on in the background? Do you even hear if a radio's on or the television's on? That's unwavering focus, but it's also very selective on what you're paying attention to. Life is also happening out there, right? I love that. The brain is constantly returns to its default, which is simply to keep us safe so that we survive. A great deal of brain energy is focused on working out who is friend or foe, as this was critical to our survival when we lived in tribal times. Conversely, in the modern world, we need to actively direct our brain to move away from prioritizing these unconscious biases and to be more open, flexible, and courageous about pushing ourselves towards our goals and choices that feel new and dangerous. Focusing on what we do want rather than what we need to avoid in order to survive. 
will mean we are more likely to manifest it. Remember that. You are priming your brain to be on the lookout for and consciously sound an alarm at anyone related to your stable desires. This is why focusing your attention on your desire is part of manifesting your dreams. So basically, you're manifesting your dreams. And in doing so, you're ready for when that opportunity presents itself. You're not caught off guard. You're not caught unprepared. You're building up your dream. I love that. That's amazing. And then the second item, value tagging. As part of selective attention, value tagging is the importance your brain assigns to every piece of information it is exposed to. People, places, smells, memories, you name it. It is an unconscious activity that precedes every action in response to a stimulus and therefore directs your ensuing response. There are logical and emotional elements to value tagging. The logical element is literally about tagging all the data our brains are bombarded with in order to, <laughs> in order of value to us and our survival. Yeah, we're bombarded, but you have to prioritize things, right? The emotional element has more to do with assigning values to our levels of social safety, which is our sense of belonging in our community, family, etc., and the meaning and purpose that builds up our personal and work identities. Can you prophesize your future? Sure sounds like it. For example, if someone's been through a painful breakup or simply been single for a long time and their biological clock has been ticking, then their value tagging system may paradoxically become biased against looking for a companion or having children. That's an aversion. This is where the little voice in the head starts saying they've lived alone too long and share their space with anyone or their career or social life is too important. Henceforth, they won't be alert to the opportunity of a likely candidate for a relationship, but would be primed to see a promotion possibility in the workplace. That's an excellent example. Can you see how the brain is steering them down a path, not of their choosing, and further from their dreams? That is an excellent example. And I, I keep hearing more and more women in the workforce are choosing not to have children. But could they really be going through this prime example? This prime example, whereas the longer you put things off, the longer your brain gets used to it, <laughs> the brain is steering them down a path. That's not necessarily of their conscious choosing. That is something to digest and to think about for your own personal situation. I'm going to say this out loud. I, I had never planned on having a child. Not in a million years. I love working and I'm never quitting. <laughs> but it is the most joyous thing I've ever done in my life. It is the most amazing experience. That's for another show, I think, right? <laughs> Anyways, I was almost down that pathway. It, it's interesting. It was really interesting. Okay, excellent example. Okay, so she goes on to say, strong emotional experiences that have shaped our brain pathways can derail our value tagging system, skewing it towards what we think keeps us safe, even if this is not conducive to thriving 
in our current life. Our selective filtering will prioritize avoiding shame or criticism over potential career success or romantic fulfillment. Quite simply, when you do allow your brain to be conscious of and focus on what you want in life, the raised awareness that will result will work in your favor to automatically bring opportunities into your life, right? You have to be ready. It's not magic. It's just that you're able to see the possibilities to move forward with your dreams in a way that your brain was hiding from you previously. (laughs) It's a magical thing, our brains. Principle number three, magnetic desire. I think this is my favorite one. Positive desire coupled with emotional intensity attracts real-life events to match. She gives the example of how Roger Bannister ran the first four-minute mile, and then many people followed because he proved to the world that it was possible. So then everybody believed it was. I love that. Magnetic desire is a useful idea in a metaphorical sense, but it's important not to be overly literal in your understanding of it. The literature on optimism and a positive appetite for change and risk shows that an individual's mindset and determination to achieve their goals dictates what happens to them, whether they take risks, make positive changes, and how they interact with others. It's a fact that both expected and unexpected things are going to happen to us, and it's how we respond to them that matters. Sort of sounds like the theory of evolution. Positive desire is the mentality that we can make good things happen. And it's the emotional intensity of that desire that drives it towards a tangible outcome. Intense emotion gives us renewed energy and confidence to carry out new actions that turn the positive desire into reality rather than stagnating at daydreaming or hoping in vain. Gotta take action, right? Making it happen. So how do you take action? How do you make it happen? She gives an example in her book about her own personal experience with this. How she changed careers. How she got divorced. How she struggled financially. How on earth did she do all of this? And it was all about attracting what exactly she wanted in life. Making it happen, you have to believe, you have to have this belief, this determination, this magnetic desire in action, and then it's self-perpetuating. It'll keep flowing and keep going for it. And she says, once you feel the power of magnetic desire, it multiplies with each new iteration and nothing that you have dreamt of feels out of reach. A deep desire for this. Oh, that's powerful stuff. Principle number four, patience. Oh, what? It's not going to happen overnight. (laughs) Despite a pure intent and focus on what it is we want to achieve, sometimes we either give up too soon or get anxious and desperate for the process to work. This principle is about enjoying and most importantly, trusting the process and allowing things to unfold naturally in their own good time, rather than being obsessed with goals and achieving them strengthening the source through the practice of visualization and action boards involves skill that will improve over time as you build and strengthen the pathways 
in your brain. Things like changing your attitude and becoming more confident, trusting and open to trying new things may take even more time. I believe it was Maya Angela who said, if you can't change your circumstances, work on changing your attitude. That mindset is powerful. It's your source of well-being. It's your source for creativity, for success, for abundance. A lot of effort and resource goes into connecting neurons and building new pathways in the brain. Progress seems slow, and then there is a watershed moment. Yes. After that, the process and the impact of it gathers pace. This is because there is a critical mass effect for new, healthy behaviors. But once you get there, it feels effortless. That's a peak experience, right? Similarly, any onboarding of a new skill takes targeted effort and repetition. The feeling that you finally got it and turned a new habit into second nature is a sign your brain pathways have reached that critical mass. Mm, Beautiful feeling. Principle number five, harmony. The principle of harmony teaches us that in order to fully tap into and access the insights power and gifts that life has to offer through the source, we need a balance between our mind and body and the knowledge that they are connected. This is why mindfulness and presence are an important part of the source. Understanding and aligning messages from our logical brain, emotional brain, and gut, the idea of mind, body, and spirit being on the same page rather than in conflict, are the foundations to living in harmony with ourselves, and thriving in a world that is constantly evolving. Only then can we trust our feelings and have the confidence to sense what is right and best for us within our communities. There are two major systems we can hone that will help us to gain access to our deepest intrinsic wisdom and personal power. Listening to messages from our body, interception, and paying attention to what our gut instinct is telling us, intuition. And I heard recently that women are very, very intuitive. They f- they have this feeling and that can sometimes be more amplified than in men. And I, I really don't know how you measure something like that, but I thought that was really quite interesting, just on a little side note here. And number six, principle number six, universal connection. Attach emotions such as love and trust trigger the release of neurochemicals oxytocin and dopamine, which contribute to feelings of bonding and pleasure as part of the brain's reward system. Countless studies show that having a strong sense of meaning and purpose correlates with life satisfaction. This principle is as much about the way the world impacts on you as it is about your impact on the world. She says, given the latest research on neuroplasticity, the incredible ability of the brain to change itself well into adulthood, we should focus less on being the victims of outside influences and more on making proactive changes in our lives that will have an inspiring and motivating effect on those around us. You 
are not a victim. You may have been a victim. That's not the point. You get to choose. And it takes a long time to start lifting yourself up. Lift up those bootstraps. Hold your head up high. Feel confident. Look good. And you'll start to have that positive conversation with yourself. Not listening to those negative vibes, right? She says, think about what fires you up. What you feel passionately about. And pick one thing that you could do that would contribute to improving this. So think about that. What really fires you up? What is your passion to get to your purpose, which will give your life meaning? Who are you surrounding yourself with? She has a little exercise in her book, but I will summarize it. Because it is said that you are the accumulation of the five people you spend the most time with. So who are you spending your time with? What's their vibe? Whether positive or negative? And how are you going to handle that? How are you going to take control? I love that. <laughs> she says, ah, think about how you can ameliorate, <laughs> make things better. Yeah, that's a big word and I love it. Ask yourself, who brings out the best you and who needs to go? Hmm, that's an interesting one. Pick one person you'll spend more time with and learn from. One that you will continue your relationship with exactly as is in a mutual rewarding fashion. And the one you intend to prune away proactively or allow to dissolve naturally by disconnecting mentally. Right? Because sometimes you cannot disassociate with someone. If you're not in control of something like, uh, say, somebody in the workplace, that's just, oh, digging on you constantly. Negative vibes, constantly putting people down, gossiping. Guess what? They're talking about you too. That's the type of person who is a bully. And the only way they know to make themselves feel better is by putting other people down. And they think life is psychological warfare. And that's just, not who you are because you're attracting abundance into your life and you can't do that if you allow a negative person to constantly put things down or other people so disconnect from them mentally i love that ah the six laws of attraction Reinterpreted in the light of cutting-edge science are tools that will help you on the way to realize the full power of the source, your brain. Manifestation and magnetic desire are useful for raising your awareness of what you want and focusing your attention on it, guiding your actions to make it happen. Patience and harmony will help ensure you stick with your goals and that they align with your deepest self. Finally, becoming aware of abundance and universal connection encourages you to think about your goals in the context of other people in the wider world, to consider your place in it, to provide you with a powerful sense of purpose that will guide the source, making you more resilient, compassionate, and integrating in your thinking. 
this shift leads to an exponential increase in the consciousness of your own power. You can experience your own personal paradigm shift. You can attract what you want in your life. And unfortunately, sometimes that also means you have to let some other people go. Or, like she said, just let them go mentally. Because sometimes you can't control everyone who's around you in your life. And sometimes maybe you just have to get a different job. <laughs> it just depends on your own personal situation. But what I love about this is this is not necessarily a new idea. But science and spirituality and the universe and its magnetic fields and the law of attraction for what you want and deserve in your life are getting closer and closer and closer. And I absolutely love that because this is no longer wishful thinking. Brilliant scientists like this are writing books now to say, hey, what that guy wrote back in 1919 or what Aristotle was philosophizing about or even the Stoics, it actually has some truth to it. So think about it. Might have to listen to this a few times. <laughs> it's a lot to digest, and I do encourage you to buy the book. It is a beautiful read, and it's it's going to be a game changer. It's going to be a game changer, and I'm jazzed to share this with you. If you like the show, share it with somebody you know, and I'll see you next week. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. You don't want to miss what's going on here. This is how you live an inspired life.